Hello, everyone. Welcome to Really Old Movies. I'm your host, Harrison Scullin, and this is my guest, Hunter. He's my brother. Today, we'll be discussing Son of Frankenstein from 1939, starring Boris Karloff and uh, Basil Rathbone. And so, before we get started, why don't you introduce yourself again, Hunter? Yep. So, I'm Hunter Scullin, Harrison's little brother. Um, you can find my boring movie reviews <laughs> on Letterboxd. That is a good movie. You can find my mediocre art on Instagram at Hunt's Art. Okay. So Hunt's Art is okay or Hunt's Art okay? Hunt's <laughs> Art, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I awesome. I posted on there for three years, but it's there. I'm going to start again. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, thanks again for coming on. And so we'll uh, kind of get into Son of Frankenstein. But before we get started, this is your first Frankenstein movie from this era, right? Right. Yep. Okay, and kind of what were your initial impressions going into it and kind of thoughts of it overall? Um, so initially, I was I was pretty excited for this one because I knew it had Boris Karloff. So I knew it would at least bring back um, like the actual Frankenstein character. Mm -hmm. So I guess in that sense, I was I was thinking it would probably be a better movie compared to some of the other ones we'd watched. Yeah, especially the 40s ones. Yeah. Um, I didn't really have any expectations, though, because, I don't know, I hadn't seen any other ones. Comparing it to the other movies, I was hopeful that it would be better and was pleasantly surprised. Nice. All right. Well, and I've been watching all of them so far, so this is the third one in the series. And I love the first one. The second one is okay. And so going into this one, I was a little hesitant just because of my experience with the second one but like you i was also pleasantly surprised so i'm really excited to talk about it today so let's get started talking about the plot what were your thoughts on the plot um i actually gave the, the plot a higher score than i normally do i gave it a four um i enjoyed it i liked i thought it, it did exactly what it should have uh being about the son of Dr. Frankenstein, mm -hmm. um, that he would be interested in his dad's work and he would want to redeem his family name. Yeah. And that was pretty believable to me. That idea that he, like he acts kind of aloof to the idea of what his father had done. And then he gets there and just being the scientist he is, and also being kind of part of that heritage, he's inspired by it instead of repulsed by it and starts kind of, again, having that, um, kind of like the Frankenstein, the original Frankenstein having that kind of obsession almost. Yeah. And you could definitely tell uh, Mel Brooks film, young Frankenstein mm -hmm. takes a lot from this movie mm -hmm. and the second and first, but actually seems a lot from this one because mm -hmm. he's also a descendant. Uh, oh, what's his name? Gene Wilder's character. He's a descendant of the perfect or doctor. He's not the original one. So yeah, no, that's awesome. That's cool. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. That, I love seeing all the young Frankenstein isms that come directly from this movie. Yeah. Like entire characters come from here. So yeah, definitely makes that worth watching. But Oh, absolutely. If And I highly recommend it. It's one of my favorite comedies ever too. So check that one out. All right. Well, I also love this plot. I gave it a four too. Um, I loved uh, Battle of Rathbone as the son of Frankenstein. And he actually is that title. You know, I think that's interesting because sometimes like 
in the last movie, Bride of Frankenstein, it's actually talking about the monster's wife, not about the Doctor Not about Doctor Frankenstein. But this one is actually talking about uh was his name Henry? What what was the name of Oh Basil Rath? I can't remember his uh-huh. name, but it's about Basil Rathbone's character. And so I love that dynamic to it and how kind of how he slowly gets interested and wants to um well wants to help reanimate he doesn't actually reanimate uh frankenstein back to life per se but he he wants to help him because he's curious about it he kind of has that morbid curiosity so i really love that aspect of it and i also love the kind of the twist of igor being kind of the villain in this movie not mm-hmm. necessarily the monster himself so yeah that's kind of different from the other ones the other two uh, the monster is the villain really because he's angry about being alive again you know so now i like that kind of twist to it is igor in the other movies he's in the first one i don't think he's in the second one but he's a very minor character in, mm-hmm. in the first one so dr frankenstein's son is wolf wolf yes which actually i, I didn't recognize because they call him they usually call him baron baron frankenstein yeah yeah baron. but so when his wife started saying wolf, I thought that was like her her like pet name for him. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, that's kind of a weird name. Weird. Yeah. That that is that's his name. His name is Wolf. Wow, I didn't realize that. Baron Wolf von Frankenstein. It's a little weird. But now I think about it, I knew a guy named Wolf in elementary school. Really? Yeah, he was a weird kid. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> okay. Well, let's kind of move on then into the acting. What are your thoughts on the acting? Um, I gave the acting, well, you know what? I gave it a three. Mm. I'd probably bump that up to like a 3.5. Um, I, well, I'll bump it up to a four because I liked everybody's performances. I liked Wolf's performance. Yeah. I thought he was really good. Yeah. I also liked, uh, Igor. Yeah. I thought I was a little like, like it felt a little old, kind of how he's like this older man with the weird accent and whatever. But like, he was believable. I liked his character. He seemed yeah. kind of like this crazy, not like totally unhinged, mm-hmm. but clearly not all there. Yeah, clearly kind of perhaps disturbed. like a little dangerous and disturbed in kind of an unsettling way. I really liked that. I thought he did really good. Yeah, I like when he kind of pops up in windows <laughs> all creepily. He's just <laughs> sitting playing his flute. There's like uh, water and lightning and stuff, and he's just. <laughs> yeah, that's. I thought that was kind of lame, but <laughs> it was kind of goofy. Yeah. For the horror aesthetic, and then he literally is just like there. And, then... yeah. So, yeah. and I didn't recognize that it was him. Um, it's Dracula. The way they they introduce him. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's Dracula. Yeah, Boris Karloff. Oh, really? Yeah. Goodness. The way they introduce him is like while they're driving up to the mansion, he's just like standing in the rain. Yeah. And the lights pass him, and he runs off. Yeah. And, and then you don't see him again for like twenty minutes. So like, I forgot about him. And then in the library, they show him like hiding in the window and stuff. You're like, what the? <laughs> yeah. Which makes you wonder, what was he doing all that time? I don't know. Because he didn't have the monster yet, I don't think, right? Or No, he did. He did, but, but was he moving around? No, he was nursing the monster. Yeah, point. so oh, maybe he was just going back to him and 
I think he was just trying to see what they were up to, and then yeah, he'd go sit with his friend. It's that weirdo doing Yeah. So those were kind of corny, but his performance when he was on screen, it, it was a little unsettling. I I didn't know if I could trust him, and Wolf just trusts him. So yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I I actually gave it a four as well. I loved love Boris or not Boris Scott, uh Bela Lugosi as uh Igor. I, I thought he was great. A great villain, great great twist on that character. Yeah. And I loved everyone else too. I loved Basil Rathbone as uh what's his name? Wolf Frankenstein. I even loved the little kid that they had that played his son. I thought he was hilarious. Yeah, he's cute. Some of the funniest things. <laughs> um, the act, actually, the one I didn't like that much was Boris Karloff as the monster because most of the movie he's just laying back doing nothing. Yeah. Huh. True. Because in the first one, you know, he comes to life, and then you kind of see the humanity to him because he hangs out with this little girl. Mm-hmm. But then, being the monster he is, he throws her into water and she drowns and oh yeah yeah that's so like he he's more involved in the movie mm-hmm. this one seemed more focused on baron frankenstein than it did on the monster yeah interesting in making and maybe too in making baron and and making wolf and Eeyore more interesting characters they accidentally made the monster pretty one-dimensional yeah because he doesn't do a ton I, like he does a lot of dirty work but as a character, he's he's just there when he needs to be there. Yeah, which is really disappointing because I think this is the last time, if not one of the last times, he ever played uh, Frankenstein's monster, which is really sad because he was great in the first one. And even the second one, even though I don't like that one as much, he's definitely the highlight in that one for me, uh, especially because in the first one, you know, the a windmill comes down, he's burned and scarred. And so in the beginning of the first or the second one, rather, he's like missing his hair. He's all scarred up and all scary looking because of that. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of that continuity there. Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of sad that they don't really do that in this one. And I am wondering, too, because how far in the future is this supposed to take place? Because the first one seemed like it was present day 1931. But uh, Henry and his wife just got married so like they didn't have a kid yet mm-hmm. but now this movie comes out eight years later and baron frankenstein's like a full-on 30 year old guy so it's so it's 30 years in the future it's 30 is it supposed to be in the 60s like i, I don't know True. but hmm. there's kind of some continuity thing that's kind of more of a plot but i just thought that was interesting yeah so it's not a complete continual continuity but again it, the acting of boris karloff or not boris karloff i keep saying him that's what i didn't like the acting of uh bela lugosi and basil rathbone really really set the stage for me even the wife who's barely in it i actually liked her too mm-hmm. yeah pretty solid cast all around even the minor characters are great and mm-hmm. all that although i will say i miss the lady who's in the second one who's like really really loud and just kind of obnoxious she kind of is the Frau Bukar character oh, okay she's like whoa Frankenstein whoa get away get away like she's <laughs> really funny I kind of missed oh, her in the last one. one oh yeah yeah that's so funny that's funny 
but yeah. All right. What are your thoughts on the directing? Um, I gave the directing a three. Okay. I thought maybe I would give it a higher score. Actually, I'll think about it. It this movie came off to me as like they actually wanted to make a Frankenstein movie. They actually yeah. liked the character. Maybe the monster. I think we've kind of touched on him being a little le- lackluster, but overall, um, like the set, the aesthetic, um, the writing and the acting, all of it was like pretty well done. So yeah, to me, it did come off as a movie with a director who liked it a lot more compared to like the mummy movies we've seen or the director movies we watched. Yeah. So uh, I thought they did what they could with the little kid. He was adorable. He had some funny lines and I loved when he was on the screen, but every once in a while it felt like they had to make the decision between using their expensive roles to do a reshoot, a retake. Yeah. Or they were like, you know what? He figured out the line. We'll just keep it. It's it's as good as it's going to get. Because literally in one of them, he starts his line and then he pauses and then restarts. But I think they're at the dinner table, right? Yeah. yeah. With the, the inspector guy. Yeah. Yeah, or it was might have been earlier when he's when he's like, "What are those?" Talking about the the cool set pieces. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, but uh, he's adorable though. <laughs> I've been hunting. I got tigers and elephants. <laughs> he's just cute. But yeah, no, I but every once in a while, I was like, probably budget wise, they were like, "We can't reshoot that." He's it's, it was good enough. Yeah, the kid's already seven years old. We can't use him again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but well i gave it a five i really loved the directing style in this one because it felt really german expressionistic which is a trend that the early early ones like early frankenstein early dracula even mummy they started out doing and i love that they continue that here like the castle on the inside is very like there's a lot of shadows and a lot of uh interesting camera angles and yeah and it wasn't perfectly set up either. It was kind of a little skewed and uh, I guess Helter Skelter is the word. I don't know, but it looked really interesting. <laughs> Maybe that's not the right word. <laughs> Off kilter? Maybe. That's no. what I, I think. That's what I think. <laughs> oh. Charles Madsen. <laughs> no. no. Oh, gosh. No, I'm, uh, that's what you get for knowing too many random words, I guess. <laughs> Off kilter is what I meant to say. <laughs> Uh, anyway um no i i love the style of this movie and it seemed like everyone was having a great time was really trying to make like you were saying a really good movie yeah because you can tell you can tell after once the 40s started the studio i think really cut back because they were not this high quality in the 40s yeah they really it could have been because of the war i know too that Carl Langley and his son, who is the main head behind all of these monster movies, they were ousted from the company for wasting too much money. Mm. And the board's like, you guys are wasting a lot of money and not getting enough in return, which is sad because as a result of that, we didn't get these high quality monster movies anymore. So it is what it is, but no, I I loved it. I think it's James Whale who does it again. So he did the first one and the second one. Might have done this one too, because it still it still feels similar to the other two. Mm-hmm. I could be mistaken, but yeah, I love it. Right on. All right, cinematography and special effects. So I gave the cinematography cinematography 
Cement Toast Crunch and the, and the Special K a five. I loved it. I thought kind of what you were talking about, the sets, which maybe would fit in directing. I kind of mix the two categories sometimes anyways. But, I do too. It's hard to really distinguish sometimes. Yeah. I felt like the sets were like intentionally minimal, whereas like you could see the stage, like the kitchen or the, the dining room, for example. It's almost like you see a black stage. Yeah. And then they built these two like there's like gargoyles on these long curved uh like archways like archways yeah yeah and they have like a balcony on top of them and just all the yeah all the rooms are really cool yeah really interesting kind of more minimal and then the cave the cave was more interesting so it's like they kind of saved maybe the two most interesting sets were the the library and the cave in my Mm, opinion yeah yeah i thought the library was super cool out in the background, you see like the lightning flashing on the on like the painted set. Yeah, that was cool. Um, I also, you know, he uh, Igor, you know, was hung, so he has this like weird janky yeah. neck piece that they put on or something sticking yeah, out. Like that was crazy. I I thought it was great. Also, mm-hmm. actually, the opening scene where they, or not the opening scene, but when they go into the castle for the first time, the there's this huge shadow. From the staircase railing onto the wall like they put a, a light on it that just i don't know made these huge tall shadows up the wall like that then became like the wallpaper of the castle or kind of the feel of the castle where it was like it was yeah. really minimal but yeah. the way they were lighting the sets and creating these huge shadows and dark spaces just made a really interesting artistic kind of approach to it that yeah no i agree because uh you could have so easily made it look really really fake I think it has a lot to do with the lighting that they did in that room because it could easily look just like a flat background with random stairs built into it. Mm. Yeah. Well, I also gave it a five. I thought the costume work was amazing on the monster. You know, he still looks as good as the first and the second one. Um, Even though they didn't use him too much, I still think he looked great. I love that. A library room too really really cool with the lightning bolts coming down and uh and the rain too that was really cool and then uh, i think probably one of the coolest set pieces was just that bubbly goo stuff i think it was in that cave you're talking about there's like a ladder leading up to it and oh the sulfur yeah it's sulfur yeah it was like the sulfur Super pit cool. yeah. yeah i thought that was really cool and how it catches on fire at the end. And yeah, that was really cool. So five out of five for me. All right. What are your thoughts on the music? I mean, I forgot to be paying attention to the music, but I, I, I gave it a two just because I don't remember it. I don't know. Maybe it was really good. But it never struck me that there was music occurring in the movie. So, mm. okay. well, I give it a four. <laughs> See, I liked it because it reminded me a lot of the score from the first movie. It probably was a lot of the same music. Um, Perfectly tense for me, especially in scenes with the monster. Like we're walking into that. He's like in a a cellar or something. And then the light shines on him. And it's like, and there's the monster. It's like, I love the music there. And uh, just. All around, it felt very similar to the first and the second one. So I was really happy with that because I was afraid it was going to be like the Mummy movie or the Dracula movies we saw where 
you can't really distinguish between them. But this, to me, you can you can tell apart from uh, from those ones, especially like you can tell. Oh yeah, this is Frankenstein music. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, what's your final letterbox score? Well, before we do that, we have to mention one of the the best influences that this movie had on young Frankenstein was the inspector oh the inspector mechanical arm. The, he was my favorite he like he's like missing his arm because the monster when he was a child ripped it off yeah but so he like he has to like lift his arm and position his hand and stuff and like oh, it's funny. And, and the kid the little boy's like what's wrong with your arm yeah oh it's, i lost it and you know in young frankenstein when He's like throwing darts with mm -hmm. it. I thought that with the uh, with the inspector and that one stabbing the darts into his arm, I thought that was just a funny gag that Mel Brooks did. No, he does it in this too. <laughs> he just stabs him. I was like, wait, he literally just took from this yeah. movie. <laughs> That's oh. kind of a gag. That's kind of a goof. Another kind of slightly goofy thing about this movie. Yeah, where it's like it's a horror movie, but there are these like little nuggets of like kind of off. <laughs> kind of silly yeah kind of dumb but, but kind of funny it was good yeah no i i loved him i can't believe i forgot all about him he was, he was great and probably the best hero in the movie too yeah compared to the dad the dad was just so focused on the monster that he kind of forgot his other responsibilities yeah. kind of like frankenstein in the first movie so kind of like his dad and how interesting is that because he like was hurt like literally lost his arm to the monster but out of like respect and goodness like is there to protect the family from the from his own people his own town yeah so yeah that's an interesting twist too. i didn't think about that yeah he's kind of got he's got a lot going on but he was like like i like how you call him the hero he he was really the hero of the movie yeah even though he doesn't even kill the monster the dad does but yeah no, he, he's definitely the good guy, which is so interesting, too, because you would think someone who lost his arm like that to the monster would hate the monster and want him killed. But like you were saying protect him from the people. Crazy mob, which yeah, is even mob. scarier. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, I, I think I expected him to be evil because he's kind of the antagonist of young Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. So I thought he was also going to be an antagonist. And he is he's trying to uncover what what. Frankenstein is doing what Wolf is doing. Yeah, yeah. But as an audience viewer, I didn't agree with Wolf. Yeah, I didn't. He's so, kind of more of the villain. Yeah, actually, one of the coolest parts. So the whole perception of the town is is encapsulated on his father's grave. They they chiseled into his grave, maker of monsters. Yeah, and kind of what maybe the cool the, the turning point for wolf is after being so inspired by what he sees and re realizing that it's possible what he, his father did the animation of life all these things um the new scientific understanding that his father didn't have that he now has all that stuff he like takes a torch and uses the charcoal of it to cross out monsters and writes men yeah and now has this like passion for what his father had done i like that a lot and to me, kind of set him apart from the audience, too. So he kind of did become a, a villain. Yeah. Just like we know the danger of the monster, 
we know that he's a bad guy. We, we just saw two movies of him doing bad things. Killing people. <laughs> so we know the danger, but then we see this inspired scientist person being like so caught up in it that he has to. I don't know, but I love that. Actually, that was probably my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. Him crossing that out and writing men and just kind of the, I don't know, just all the different, the weight of what he was doing with the community and with everything like that. No, I agree. I really liked that too. In fact, if they ever do a release of this like in 4K, that'd be kind of a cool cover where it's like crossed out and says men. I think that'd be a really cool poster even too. So, all right. So what does that bring your letterbox score to? So um, after adjusting the numbers a little bit from what I originally wrote, it comes out to a four. And I would highly recommend it. I still haven't seen the original Frankenstein, so maybe I should watch that one first. Or maybe if you're recommending it to somebody, watch that one first. But uh, yeah, for a monster movie that I think is still, I kind of find myself being a little bit more of a modern audience, maybe not necessarily super interested in in the more classic era of movies. Mm-hmm. And I got a lot out of this movie. I enjoyed it a lot. And I thought there was some cool kind of, well, I really like Frankenstein, though. I read the book, and so I... Yeah, that's what that is, yeah, right, there. That is right there. Which, yeah. by the way, a plug for Bernie Wrightson, incredible illustrator. Yeah, it's, in, it's incredible art. did in a ton of illustrations for the book. But I love this story. I love Dr. Frankenstein. And I feel like I could feel a lot of that similar passion for the characters in this movie, which to me just really brought up its its appeal mm-hmm. and its interest and i think for that reason i gave it a high score and i recommend it nice well that's awesome i i also got it a four out of five i also recommend it and even if you haven't seen the original frankenstein i still think you can kind of get a good glimpse into what the story is like and also if you've seen young frankenstein too you'll kind of see oh that's where mel brooks got his inspiration from and I think it's a great continuation. And honestly, it's probably a good conclusion too. I know there's a couple more after this one, so we'll see, right? (laughs) But I think it's kind of a nice way to end that almost trilogy here, you know, starting out with uh, Henry Frankenstein, you know, creating the monster, and then this movie kind of destroys the monster. So it's kind of like full circle, good character arc that I really, really enjoy. So yeah, I, I highly recommend it too. What did your final score come out to? Uh, four out of five. Technically 4.4, but right four out of five. All right. Well, those are our thoughts on Son of Frankenstein from 1939. And before we go, why don't you plug your stuff again, Hunter? Sure. So you can find me on Letterboxd at It's a Good Movie. You can find me on Instagram at Hunts Art OK. And if you would, please look up Bernie Wrightson and enjoy some of his incredible artwork. It's from Dark Horse, I think. Is it on the set? Yeah, Dark yeah, Horse. Dark Horse books. Yeah. They produced this beautiful, massive Frankenstein book. I had to read it in high school, and I went to my dad's office and I found this one to to read. But it's full of these incredible illustrations. It's so good. I love it. Anyways, <laughs> nice. Well, I I definitely want to read this. I don't think I've actually ever read the the full story. All right. Well, and thanks again for coming on, Hunter and. Make sure to subscribe to Really Old Movies on Instagram, Facebook, Letterboxd, YouTube, 
at Really Old Movies, and new episodes are released Saturdays, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. And again, thanks for coming on, and thanks for listening. This has been Really Old Movies. I'm your host, Harrison Scullin. Take care.